Well, good day, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. This is Life in the Peloton, and I'm Mitch Docker, and we've got a good episode for you this week, The Road to the Worlds. If you follow us on Instagram or the social media or me personally, you would have seen a couple of weeks ago, I pilgrimaged my way up to the World Championships. I live in the south of Australia, down near Melbourne in a small country town called Lansfield, and I made my way all the way up north, up to Sydney, by bike for the World Championships. This idea all came about when Rafa said to me, hey Mitch, come up and watch the Worlds and we're going to do some alternate commentary around the World Championships. A great idea and we had a lot of fun doing that. I had an old friend of mine, Dan Jones, doing that with me and we sat back for seven hours of the World Championships and commentated. Well, we tried to anyway. It was a bit of a laugh. It was actually pretty hard work. I don't know if any of you heard any of that. But with this destination, the World Championships, Wollongong, this idea came about, well, why don't I just ride up to the Worlds? It's been a little bit inspired by our partner in life in the peloton this year, Rafa. Having the chance to work with him, but to also see what they're trying to do with the ethos of the company, get people out on bikes, get people to fall in love with cycling, riding bikes, the RCC, the Rafa Cycling Club, it's washed off on me. I was so fixated on racing for so many years, I'd sort of forgotten what the real reason was I was riding a bike all those years ago when I started as a young junior. It was for the love of cycling. I know it sounds stereotypical, but it really is, and it's something that I've fallen in love with again. It's just getting out on my bike and exploring, getting away from the data and just doing great rides. Well, that's where this idea came from. I thought, well, I've got to travel to Sydney anyway. I'm going to jump on my bike and make a journey of it. So the journey was over five days. I'll run you through a little bit of the logistics of what I did, and you're going to hear about it more in the podcast. On day one, I headed off from Lansfield across to Noogie in Gippsland. It was a pretty hilly day, so I only ticked off 182 kilometers on the first day. I stopped at the Toolshed Pub, a great destination for my first day. The second day, I headed off from Noogie across to Orbos, cutting right across Gippsland. This was quite a long day. Ticked off about 300 kilometers that day. Day three, I headed off from Orbos nice and early, and then I finally got out to that coast and headed up to a beautiful location in Tarthra. That was a 263-kilometer day that day. Day four was the big day. It was hilly. I'd had three days in the legs, and I headed off from Tarthra up to Vincentia, which is right in Jarvis Bay, 290 kilometers, quite up and down, It was a tough day, but it was beautiful along the coast. And day five, my last day, I headed out from Jarvis Bay up to Sydney with a stopover in Wollongong where the World Championships were, where I picked up a crew of RAFA members and they escorted me in the last 100 kilometers right into the pop-up in the center of Sydney where we enjoyed a cold cleansing ale. That's the basis of the trip. But as I was out on that trip, I had a time to think about what I was doing out there. There were a few reasons why I wanted to do this trip. I wanted some time to really explore my own backyard, check out a route that I had never ridden by bike, go along the coast road, meet some great people along the way. There were so many people that came out and met me by bike, but there were a lot of other people that I met along the way in cafes, in pubs, just interesting people, and it was great to reconnect with that Australian culture that I've been missing for so many years living overseas. Aside from that, I got the chance to sort of have that time on my own, some long hours on the road to really debrief where I am at this point in my life, coming back to Australia and setting up this new phase as I've spoken about before. 
But lastly, and I think most importantly for me, what I realized out there was I was hoping to try and inspire people that, hey, you can go and do this too. You can put some bags on your bike, you can pick a destination and you can go for it. It doesn't have to be some kind of crazy record or speed or some crazy distances. It's just that journey, just that trip that you may do with a friend or on your own and just experience it by bike. It just feels so different than jumping in the car. That's what I wanted to show everyone that, hey, just pick a route, pick a destination and make a trip, make a journey and you're going to have a great time doing it. I asked a couple questions along the way because I was really interested to find out what it is like in all these different areas, what's going on in everyone's individual peloton. And another interesting thing was to discuss the world championships. I know we're going to hear this after the winner, but I thought it was interesting to see who everyone was picking. And only one person was able to pick Evan Apol. Later on the podcast, you're going to hear from him, Murray. He knew what was going on. He picked the winner. And the rest of us picked the others that unfortunately didn't really feature too much in the race. But it was interesting to hear this all in hindsight. Guys, there's a lot to get through. This is a bit of a long one. But just sit back and enjoy the journey, the characters along the way, as I make my way up the coast to the World Championships. Well, morning of, bags are packed, they're on the bike, five days in front, 1200k ahead, today 180k to go. It's a bit of a late start because I knew I was just going to be mucking around getting my bags ready, but we're here in Lansfield, it's freezing cold today, we're out in the shed, I've got the bags on, and Tim Onaway has driven up from Melbourne to Lansfield. Well, because I'm riding up, we're doing this adventure, and... A lot of the roads that I'm doing on it, everyone kept saying to me, you're not going on the Princess Highway, are you? Because that's the road that follows the coast up to Sydney. It's a pretty dangerous road. I'm not going on it the whole time. And I thought, well, yeah, I have to go on it sometimes. I'd heard about Project Flock. It's this idea about a rear light. Tim, I'm not going to butcher it. Tell me about it. And why I asked you, reached out to you and said, hey, can I get one of your lights? Because they're not even released yet, are they? Um, so essentially the, the flock light is a bit of a different rear light um, than most out there. Uh, what we do is we have a rear light in the, the bike light, but also some lights that shine down onto your legs. So for those early starts in the morning, everyone's going to see you on the road and they the first thing they'll see is your legs um, fully lit up. And so the idea is you're seen a little bit sooner and the idea is you're seen as a human um, riding your bike. Um, so yeah. And you've done a bit of research into that too, isn't it? Because like the idea, you know, you see these bike lights that we have and that's what I was thinking about using just a, you know, a light that would flash and the Garmin lights that pick up cars and things like that. They're great, but the extra element to it is seeing a person moving, you know, that registers in people's brains like, well, I don't want to kill a human, you know, or whatever it is. What is it? Yeah, um, I actually started Project Flock as a bit of a uni university project at RMIT. And yeah, I had a look at a load of research that's been around since the 70s. And a lot of people have been doing, you know, piling on more, more sort of uh, research into the idea of biomotion and the idea of our brains being able to see human movement really really quickly and on a more uh, cognitive or a more emotional level so yeah I, I looked at lots of different ways to try and uh, put that into a bike light put that into something that's going to make cycling a bit safer and essentially what we've tried uh, what we've done there is yeah just shining it down onto your legs it started I'm off 
I'm only 20k in, but I've just pulled over to take my rain jacket off. Pretty cold, it's about nine degrees and raining. But the weather gods work in weird and mysterious and wonderful ways. You know, the only day that I'm actually heading a little bit south, I've got a massive northerly wind, so pumping right behind me. If this wind goes away the next few days, I've got it right, you know? So what an amazing way to start. Rainy, cold, but a nice big tailwind. Slightly downhill from Lansfield as well. I'm happy to be on the road, actually. All the little things getting ready and everything. My mind was racing, but I'm only in the beginning. Let's just keep going. All right, here we are, Gene Keogh, mate. My first member on the pilgrimage, my first pilgrim, you picked me up, where are we? We're out in Healesville actually, which is uh, currently where I'm living. So uh, I thought, you know, if you're rolling into Healesville, I'd have to go meet you. So I met you probably at the bottom of the climb of uh, Chum Creek. And uh, yeah, here we are at the pub uh, in Healesville. We're enjoying a cold beer, the first beer of the trip, first of many. It is raining, but the, like I've said, the weather gods have been with me. I've had a bit of a tailwind. And I knew Gene was coming, I was looking out for him. And it was actually something nice. It was a nice way to start the ride because I started on my own, got you know the first 115k done, met Gene, and I was like, cool. I know I've got something to work forward to. Gene, I'm gonna ask everyone along the way, I was trying to think about what can I ask everyone? Well, I'm on my road to the Worlds. Who's gonna win the World Championships? In all honesty, I've, sort of, I've switched off after the Vuelta. I've watched, I watched the Giro, I watched the Tour, and I watched the Vuelta, and it's been about 90 days of like 2 a.m. staying up till 2 a.m., so I've kind of switched off a bit. But if I had to have a guess, I'm probably going to go with uh, Van Aert. Yeah. Real curveball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. There's probably about three people I've, who are probably favourite, and he's one of them, I'm guessing, so... Out here in this little country town, Gene, this is life in the peloton. What's your peloton um, activity like these days? You know, are you riding in bunches out here or do you get into the city? What's your peloton life or your life in the peloton? Yeah, cool. So I actually met a whole bunch of uh, really cool people at the Mayor Coffee uh, Company, which is just across the road. And they're all just really keen, you know, gravel riders and uh, mountain bikers. They all work full time, but... We actually have a meet up on a Saturday. We meet at the mayor and 6 a.m. and uh, we go and do 50 k's out in the hills, just through the, I guess the, some of the dirt roads around Hillsville, which is really good. And so that's pretty much the extent of my group riding. And other than that, I'm just, you know, I do actually commute to um, South Yarra a couple of days a week. Gets me good amount of k's for the week, and I don't feel guilty because I'm going to work and back. So. Uh, that's kind of the extent of my riding, yeah. You're a local, you're going to ride me through the next bit. We're heading up a sort of half of Donabuang and cutting across to Yarra Junction. What's laying ahead of me in the next sort of 50k? Well, I actually was up then about a week ago and uh, once you get up Don Road, it turns to the dirt section and there's just so many potholes right now because of all the rain, so it's pretty rough. But once you get past the dirt section and you hit that little bridge halfway down, Smooth sailing and uh, it's all downhill till you get onto the rail trail. Nice little section actually. It's pretty quick once you get over this climb, so yeah. All right, well let's finish these beers and get into it. Cool. All right mate, how far to the top? It's about 200 meters, so we're almost there. I think I put myself into the red by accident. What about me? You seem all right. 
All right, thanks for coming out. I'll let you flip it. I'll better get on. I've got another pilgrim to meet. All right, enjoy the ride and uh, yeah, look forward to the uh, photos and podcast after. All right, here we go. Here's my next pilgrim on our little pilgrimage. And he's actually a real pilgrim. He's just come back from a Camino. This is Andy Pike. Pikey, I was riding along the road and next thing I know, I see you turn around in front of me. Welcome along to the long road to Wollongong. G'day, Mitch. Good to be here. <laughs> You've just come back from the Camino, haven't you, overseas? Yeah, we rode the Via Francicina. Uh, runs from pretty much from London to Rome. About uh, 3,000 Ks. We did it over about 65 days. You're primed. You're in the complete mindset that I need to get into. Where are we now? We're almost into the infamous tool shed pub, but we've still got something in front of us. Where are we now? We're at the Powley pub in Powtown. Um, not much going on, but uh, yeah, not far from the toolie, maybe 25 k's. And then we've got some cold beers waiting for us there. I guess we should crack on. Weather's just sort of stopped raining for a minute. It's quite majestical out here, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, good mood, isn't it? Good mood for a little pilgrimage ride, I reckon. Mm. What can you tell us about the area out here? You've just recently moved to Warrigal, which is not too far away from here. Yeah, so a lot of... Um, uh, got the big, uh, what do we call it down there? The logging? Mm. Yeah, a lot of logging around here. Um, so a lot of forestry. That's about all that's going on. <laughs> Just good roads, good pubs, and a bit of logging. Yeah, and a palmer. We've made it to the tool shed, the infamous tool shed, bar and grill. This is a place that I was really happy to get to, our first stop. I've got Neil, who's the man behind the bar. Neil, tell me a little bit about the history of this place. The history of this place used to be a dairy farm, and the old man, Evolt Linders was his name, had a couple of very bad strokes, and it, he turned into an alcoholic. He drowned on the way back from the pub in the river, just down the road one night. His wife sold the place to a bloke named Malcolm Heath, and he demolished the homestead, which is next door, and turned it into a restaurant. You're standing in the chook shed, machinery shed, at the moment, and it's just kicked gold from there. <laughs> what sort of what sort of people do you get coming into to Nuji, the tool shed pub? Oh, just everybody. Just yeah. you know, a lot a lot of repeat businesses. Faces you just see month after month after month. Because we haven't got the best palmers in Victoria. <laughs> well, there we go. We heard it here first. Well, we're going to try that later on tonight. What about crazy people like us coming through? These guys who ride in on their bikes. Do you, you know? Do you like that? Or what do you see? Do you see more cyclists coming through? Because we're actually sort of feels like in the middle of nowhere out here in Nuji. Well, we actually get this is actually a stop for the race from Perth to Sydney. Which I think would be an absolute idiot, the rider push bike that far. But yeah, they start off in Perth and they ride right across Nullarbor yeah. into Victoria and they come through here on the way back to the coast. Well, they're probably in a bit of a mess by the time they get here. I don't think they'll do it in one day. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> <but> still. <laughs> Thanks, Neil. No worries at all. Now, we're in Gippsland and we've run into the local legend come down to join us freshly back from Belgium Cyrus Monk aspiring pro it's been racing overseas this year Cyrus how come you decided to join us down at the Nunji? Uh 
I was smart enough to, to drive down because uh, it's pretty rubbish weather here, which is pretty standard for this part of the world. But uh, no, it's, it's a good place here, the tool shed in Nuji. So you've got to give them a shout out. But uh, yeah, it's God's country around here. So this is the best riding you'll get for the whole trip, for sure. It was pretty nice today. I was pretty lucky to be yeah riding through here. And I actually picked it out. That was the reason why I wanted to come through here, this pub, but also because I didn't get down this way that much to ride through here. Cyrus, you grew up down here riding through this area there's not a whole lot of pros that come from this area of uh, australia is there Nah, it's it's recently uh, i think the uh, brenton jones has flown the flag for gippsland and then yeah myself coming through sort of off the back of him and then apart from oh john trevorrow famous gippsland man iffy uh those that know him but yeah there's a few a few others from back in the day, but for how good it is for riding, it's a bit disappointing how few pros there are from here, but hopefully we can inspire the next generation and then put it on the map a little bit so more people take up a bike around here. We've got a, a great outdoor velodrome in Warrigal, which barely gets used now, so if we can get some more juniors on that, then we'll be all right. I did the Warrigal Carnival back in the day, even I think the Victorian Madison was down there. Now, this is life in the Peloton, and we're exploring different Pelotons. Cyrus, tell me about your local peloton that you ride in, in Warrigal. What is it? Yeah, the, the Warrigal Bunch is pretty famous in the area. So we've got the Sunday World Champs. Uh, so, yeah, it's the same loop, I think, every every single Sunday for the last 20-odd years. Out over Shady Creek through Yarragon, there's a set of traffic lights there, which are pretty infamous because there's often, often some very uh, green-looking red lights there. So... Um, <laughs> That often decides the race and then, yeah, notoriously windy on the way back in. But that's always a bit of a smash fest. But no, it's good to always come back and join in with the same group. Well, this is the road to the World Championships. Who's going to win the Worlds? Who's your pick? Uh, my pick's Matthew Vanderpoel. I did a few Kermises against him just before I came back. And I think he's flown under the radar because he's racing those, which they don't show up on pro cycling stats. But, uh, yeah, they're... They're pretty solid racers there and against pretty good competitors and he was making us look pretty stupid. So I've seen some of the training he's been doing over there and I think he could surprise a few people. Same question. What are you thinking, Pikey? You've had a little bit of time to think about it. Who's going to win the Worlds this year? Who's your pick? I've got no idea, Mitch. Um, I'm pretty focused on the pilgrimage at the moment. But, uh, well, Bernard. Ooh, same as Gino. Absolutely. You and Gino have been talking off air. Couldn't bet against them. Well, we've had a few skewies, schooners as they're called, and we've got a few more, and then we better hit the hay. Early rise tomorrow, isn't it, Pikey? You're going to come with me down to almost Mowie and then make your way back to Warrigal, aren't you? Yeah, early start. Can't wait. Hopefully the rain uh, heads off a bit, but um, nice little climb to start in the morning. We'll need the lights. Actually, let's talk to the local here. What's this climb that we've got in front of us in the morning? Vesper Hill. So, sorry, I'm just eating a palmer as we speak. But, um, yeah, the, these guys have got to start with, I think, yeah, 4K of about 10%, just straight straight out the door. And that'll be nice and dark and wet. So they'll have a fun time starting with that. Right. Well, I guess probably just three more three more schooners and then we'll better get going. Cancel the fourth. <laughs> Maybe a blackie. <laughs> Carlton Black, that would be. It's about just after five, day two. Yeah, uh, I slept all right. Um, 
considering the jet lag back from uh, the Via Franchicina. But um, Mitch, I don't have to go 280 kilometres today. I think I'm only doing about 70, so I'm feeling pretty good. You bunked with me tonight. I'm happy that I had some company in our cute little cabin. Um, but yeah. Well, let's just talk about today before we head off. Um, as we head out from Nuji, it's the big day today. Today's the most kilometres, 300k, few hills to start, and then we head down onto the flatlands, past Moe. Quite a lot of rail trail today. I'm going to head down, and then we're heading towards Stratford, and then from there, it's more or less rail trail all the way to Orbost. So I'm going to need to pray, and hopefully I've got the weather gods with me today, because today could really turn into a long one. Let's get going. Hi, Pikey. This is the end of our journey, mate. We're down in Willow Grove. About 35, 38k on the clock. Unfortunately, you're going to turn back home. Yeah, no, I've loved it. End of my journey. Just the start of yours, Mitch. Um, Good luck today. I've loved it. Bit of drizzle for you, but also a tad of a tailwind. You're going to love it. Let's get those weather gods happening. All right, Pikey. Thanks a lot for coming on the journey. Ciao, mate. Well, we found an awesome little coffee shop in Glengarry. It's an old station on the rail trail. And Tom has met me. He sent me a message. Hey, mate, I'm out on the route. You must be in front of me. There's a massive tailwind. The weather gods have been shining on us. But actually, I was behind him. Turned around, came back to find me. Tom, mate, thanks for joining me on the route. Welcome to the pod. Hey, nice to meet you, Mitch. Been a good morning so far. Well, you've got the, a good good cap on today. I can see it. It's got the Life in the Pearls on Roubaix edition. Um, mate, you've actually moved over. You can hear that from that accent from the UK. You're not an Aussie. You're right down here in Gippsland. You're living in Taralgon. Um, tell us a little bit about your story coming over here. Uh, so I moved over for work um, in December this year, uh, or last year, um, to start working in the hospital as a doctor. And since then, just been out riding with a good group of mates. And yeah, exploring around. Been traveling as much of Australia as we can on our days off. What's your peloton like? This is life in the peloton. I'm exploring different pelotons. What's your local peloton, your group like? Uh, it's, it's pretty intense. Um, I went out on a group ride on a Wednesday afternoon once, uh, leaving at half five saying, oh, you know, I'll be back for dinner. Um, two and a half hours later, having done like 90K, I was back home, a shell of a man. It was, it was horrible. Um, some really, really strong guys around here. Um, I think you've experienced the wind. The wind really has to train you into being quite a strong rider for sure. How does it compare to back home? You know, coming across, you sort of got your little intricate waves back in South Wales, you said you were from. Um, how does it compare Gippsland to South Gippsland to South Wales? Uh, it's, it's certainly flatter. I'd say... Wales is flatter or Gippsland? No, Gippsland is certainly flatter. Wow. Um, yeah, here you can do 100k and do maybe 200 metres of climbing. It's, it's lovely. Um, I have to say, I think the boys are stronger here for sure. Oh, big call. He's just he's saying that just to stay in good with the boys when they hear the podcast. Yeah. What have we got in front of us? Because you've ridden these roads before. We're heading up to, um, well, direction Stratford. But what was the town just before that? You've got Toongabi, then Kawar, Mafra, and then on to Stratford. It's all pretty flat. It's all pretty cruisy. It's on and off the rail trail, and it should be a lovely day. Hopefully the rain stays away. Well, it's rolling in now, so we're going to have to move it, but... Last question is, um, I'm on the way to the Worlds. Who's going to win the Worlds? I don't know. Is Pidcock going? Wait, mate, you're, you're from the UK. You should know that. Um, if he's going, then you've got to back him. But you've got Wout Van Aert. You've got Matthew Vanderpool, who, who you know they're going to be going hard for that. One pick, I said. <laughs> Put your money on it. Go on, Pidcock. 
Hickok. All right, hopefully he gets selected. All right, we're on the trail just after Hayfield. We're heading to Stratford. Actually, quite a nice little trail. I've got Tom with me still. But we've run into Jordan. He was heading the other way. He's come up from sale this morning. Jordan, mate, what was your idea this morning when you headed up on the trail to try and meet us? Did you think you were going to run in into me? Well, I hoped if I left early enough that uh, I'd get to Maffer and then go the wrong way and we'd make it in time. Turned out it was good. It was good. Big tailwind for us. Now, what was that saying you were just telling me about the weather down here? So, the weather out here, we like to say, well, follows two days of shit weather and it's a Monday. <laughs> it's always good. Mate, it's always good weather down here. Look at it. Sunny, what are you talking about? Beautiful tailwind. So, Jordan, you got to tell me, this is... This is life in the peloton, so you got to tell me a little bit about your peloton. I'm interested to hear what's the group of guys that you ride with. You're on a mountain bike. Is that what you do? Are you out on the trails with guys? What's the group of guys you ride with in sail like? Yeah, so normally I ride on the road bike, but today because we're on the rail trail, I thought I'd bring out the mountain bike. Um, we've got a few blokes down in sail and Stratford. Uh, most notably, Mike Renahan, who he runs the local club. He's also an Australian Masters champion, uh, so he likes to keep the bunch nice and fast. And then just a few other blokes like to hang on, including myself. Now we're heading up to the Worlds. I'm on the way to the Worlds, so if you thought about the World Championships, the Road Cycling Championships, who's going to win? Who's going to win the men's race? Well, there's a few steep pinches near the finish, so you're probably going to have to give that one to a climber. Wouldn't it be nice to see a Jai Hindley or something like that oh, get up? Oh, wow. I like it. No one said Jai yet. It's a good pick. I think it's steep climbs at the end. Well, mate, what have we got in front of us? You know this area well. This rail trail, do you head out down here much? Is it going to be hilly? What do you think, what do I need to prepare myself for today? Ah, uh, well, so from here, all the way probably quite a distance past Stratford, you're probably looking at just this nice, flat, fast rail trail. But as you sort of start to head towards Orbost, might get a little bit of bumps, but it's pretty flat out in this area of the world. Would you like to be tagging on the trip with me the whole way up the coast? Yeah, it'd be nice, but uh, unfortunately I'm going to be back at work on Monday. Okay. Hey, well tell me, what about this trail? You said you see quite a lot of riders coming along this trail. It's pretty, looks like a pretty worn out, you know, sort of track. What's the people that come on here? Who do you see? Yeah, so mostly this track, it's a great atmosphere for families on a weekend because you can go all the way from well past Hayfield all the way out to Orbost on the rail trail where most of it's off-road, so you're not having to fight with cars. It's a beautiful area for bikepacking. Start up in the high country, end out on the coast. It's just a picturesque part of the world. It is really good. Like, I think today I've got 160k of rail trail, but we're rolling along at 32k an hour now, not even worrying about cars. I might turn my rear light off, actually, save a bit of power. It's great. It's easy. It's relaxing, isn't it? Oh, it's beautiful, and it's a nice day for once, so... What more could you ask for on a Sunday? Well, this was a bikepacking trip and I got a chance to actually use some bikepacking equipment. Restrap, of course. That's the brand that I choose. You're probably wondering what bags did I gear my bike up with this time? 
Well, because I was on the road and I was staying in pubs, I, di I needed to bring a little bit of gear with me, but I didn't need a whole lot. I didn't have tents and all that sort of extra stuff. All I needed was a bit of a change in clothes, a bit of food, and of course, the recording equipment for this podcast. So I opted for a small seven liter bag that sat behind the seat, and then I went for the race top tube bag. It's a cool little top tube bag. It sits on top of your top tube, just behind your head stem there, angles down. It's nice and neat, nice and fast. I didn't want to push any extra watts. And of course, I also went for a small race frame brag. I know I wasn't in a race, but I thought, why not? I don't need the extra space. I just wanted to distribute the weight over the bike evenly. On the front, I went for the bar pack. This sort of looks like a backpack that straps to the front of your bike. It's great because you just roll it down so easy to close it up and roll it open without detaching it from your bike and you can access it all day long. I was throwing in my rain jacket, pulling it out, grabbing my recorder out of there when I saw someone and also the stickers and all that sort of stuff. I loved it. It was my access bag for the whole trip. That was my setup for this trip, but they've got heaps of options. That's restrap.com, R-E-S-T-R-A-P.com. Go across and check them out. It's a family-run business specializing in handmade outdoor accessories. They're out from the UK in Yorkshire, handmade there with a lifetime warranty and shipping directly from their factory. That's actually the point that I love about it too. It feels right. You get it signed off by the person who did the last stitches in the product. Go and check them out, restrap.com and chuck in a Peloton 10, P-E-L-O-T-O-N 10 to get yourself a little discount. Now, let's get back to the episode. Chris, Stu, Brunswick represent. I can't believe it. We're down in Gippsland. Next thing I know rolling towards me is two Brunswick Cycling Club jerseys. Guys, how have these jerseys got all the way down here? We've come a long way from Melbourne. We moved down about 10 years ago, still stayed with the club, so here we are. Brunswick in sale. <laughs> and Chris, you've got your son here, Stu. He's a young guy who started down the clinic. Mate, how was it starting down the clinic and uh, what are you loving about riding a bike at the moment? Yeah, well, it's pretty good and got a heap of mates through, through, the, through the sport. Tell me about it. I've been asking the guys, this is life in the peloton. What is your peloton? What's your group of riders like that you ride with down in sale? Oh, it's a bit of a mixed bag. We've got guys out on gravel bikes, mountain bikes, road bikes. So it's a bit of a mixed bunch down here. And uh, I'm heading out to the Worlds. Who's going to win the Worlds? What do you think, Stu? Who's your pick for the World Championships? Well, I have to say, I haven't been following it too much recently. <laughs> so I'm going to go with you. Me? I'm not riding. Who else? No. Flappy. There you go then, Luke Plapp. But if I was riding, that's a very good pick. <laughs> what about you, Chris? I'd love to see Plappy on the podium somewhere in the TT maybe and uh, Catalina in as well in the women's. Very good. Good shout out to Brunswick again. Guys, why did you decide to come out and meet me today out in this you know windy old day on the on the trail and how did you actually find me? Were you a bit worried? <laughs> we did a few loops out the road. Um, so what we come out? We came out just wanted to represent Brunswick for a start down this way and and also in Gippsland and we thought it might be lonely out in this windy day today. <laughs> we've got a good peloton here. We've stopped it. We've stopped in Stratford, but it's a bit early for the pub. So Jordan, local boy, he's found us. What, what's this place we're at? Yeah, so this is Waterlock Cellar Door. Um, nice local restaurant where they have a lot of uh, local beers, local wines, good food, good coffee. It's uh, where we stop every morning on a Saturday. When you're up at 5am, it is beer o'clock already at 10. So, you know, I'm not an alcoholic, but, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm not far good. off it. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, stop, let's get a coffee. We've still got Tom with us. 
And then we're going to go on my way, keep going to Orbos. Who's coming with me past here? Yeah, I'll come a little bit further, uh, maybe out towards uh, Bansdale and then head home soon. You're off. I've got 90k into a headwind on the way home, so. <laughs> and you too? We're done. We're getting yeah, picked up here. <laughs> Time to go home. Awesome, guys. I've enjoyed it. I did not expect to have a peloton into here, so awesome. Thanks. Well, I've just had been pulled over here by Taz, and a bit of a necessary stop as I roll through Bansdale. Taz, mate, you spotted me out in the road, gave me a little toot, and then flipped it. I didn't actually see you come back past, just to sort of say g'day. You're a, you're not actually a cyclist. You're just oh, a, a cyclist. Oh, you're a cyclist. You're a fan of the pod, yeah, though. Good pants, uh, good fan of the pod, and uh, just love, yeah, love listening to you and and find you really good. And saw you coming through, and thought I'd just try to find you. It's not easy to miss in the bright pink, is it? Not at all, mate. Looks good. I've been lucky today with the weather. I think a bit of tailwind, sun shining, so. I've got, what have I got ahead of me? I've got 90k to go. What's the road like now up to Bruthen? A bit un undulating, so a couple of nice little hills, uh, but look, some good downhills as well to make up for it. Who's going to win the Worlds? Who's your pick? Oh, I'd love Jai, but I've heard, has he got uh, COVID? Am I right or not? Uh, I've been off the socials for a few days, so it could be, could be wrong. Who else? Uh, uh, Van, Van Art would be nice. Uh, I've got a, bit of, got a bit of the iffies there, haven't I? We're in iffy country. This is John Trevorrow country. So, all right, Van Art, another one. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thanks for pulling me over, and uh, I'll let you get back into it and stay listen to the pod. Cheers, mate. Good on you. All right, finally recovered. I've had about three beers. I'm coming to life again. And a young family here have asked me, what's going on with this guy here? He's sitting at the pub with these pink socks on, bike shoes on. We're at the Orbis Club Hotel, and I'm talking with Ryan. He's got his family here. They're up from Mornington. Yeah, we've got Avi, um, Matilda, and Lila, and my wife Lou. Um, and girls, did you want to ask a question? Do you want to ask Mitch a question? Hi. Why are you riding up to Sydney? It's a very good question, exactly. And I think we asked it in, in another way, like, why the hell are you riding up there? Exactly. <laughs> Um, I am silly, <laughs> but I miss the weather. You guys got caught in bad weather today. Um, I had very good weather. I had a wind blowing me, which made it easier. I just thought it'd be a good journey. I've, I've never ridden on that coast road. When I go to Sydney, normally I go straight up the middle. I thought it'd be nice to go around the coast road. And I'm meeting great people along the way, like you guys. So, How, long have it been? How many times have you done the trip to Sydney up the middle? Well, not on my bike. I've never done it. Okay. Only in the car. Yeah. Okay, so this is the first ride that far. Yes, okay, we've got another question. How long is it going to take for you to get up to Sydney? I've been on the road for two days and I've got three days to go. But I'm actually thinking today I may have bitten off more than I can chew, which means <laughs> I'm feeling very tired and I've still got three days to go. <laughs> Yeah, so no, we're, uh, we're just doing a, a car trip um, and we'll hopefully meet you in Tartha tomorrow. Do you ever get tired on the bike when you're going up big hills? I got very tired. Today I made a big mistake. About 60 kilometres to go, there was a brewery and I got a beer and I thought, oh, wow, I, I'm almost there. And it was the hardest 60 kilometres I've ever done because it was, on the, it was on the rail trail, but it was always uphill. Do you ride mainly on the roads or do you go on trails for bikes? Like, is there special tracks for you to go on? I've been trying to take stay off the Princess Highway because of the traffic and stuff, but tomorrow I will be a little bit. I'm going down to Marlow tomorrow and then along the coast, then some dirt roads, but then eventually I'm going to get on the Princess Highway up to Eden and then 
think from Tar 3 you can stay on the coast. So, well, looking forward to seeing you at the pub tomorrow. Thank you. Good luck, Mitch. Good luck, Mitch. Bye. Kelly, can you tell me what's going on right now? So we're going to try and put some money up on our roof and it all goes to a charity called Soldier On. So the, what you told me before is it, there's all money on the roof here. It's like probably 50 notes on the roof of 67. There we go. Thank you. There's 67 of 50s, uh, 10s. There's no hundreds up there, is there? 20s. And so Kelly told us that we asked, how do you get the money up there? She said, well, you're going to have to donate to find out. So now we've donated and we're going to see what goes on. And if she doesn't get it up, what happens? Well, I have to match it. So I have to put $10 up on the roof. All right, here we go. Here we go. So the trick is... Okay, this is a secret. Fold, yeah, it is a secret. Fold it in half. So you've got to bleep all that out for your podcast. <laughs> so fold it in half. We put a 50-cent coin in the middle. We put a, Sorry, we put a drawing pin first. Then we put a 50-cent coin in the middle and we fold it as tight as we possibly can. Who came up with this method? I have no idea. <laughs> I could not tell you. It's quite intricate, isn't it? It is. And you have to really have your hand flat to throw it and be a pretty good throw, which I'm not bad at, but I'm not great at. So. Have you ever not got it up three times? Yeah, once before when the man said, what's your rate of getting it up? And I said, 100%. And then I was like, why <laughs> did I say that? Oh, here we go. Looks here like... Shot one. Shot one. Go over here. Just watch your food and everything and ready. Oh, straight up. <laughs> Kelly, can you can you tell me a little bit about the pub here? It was built in 1884. There's lots of pictures up here. So that was the first licensee in what well, second licensee in 1892. Now, what was all based on? Is it timber? Logging? Timber, yeah. Logging. Yeah. Big logging town. We had like 15 mills or something like that around here and now we've got one and a half. What do you think about crazy people coming in on their bike gear like me? Don't really fit the scene, do they? I love it. I love seeing all the different people. I love that's what I love about this job is seeing all the different people interacting with different people all the time. So yeah, it's great. Thanks, Kelly. You're Alright, the morning of day three and uh, just before five, 260 today. I'm actually feeling pretty worse for wear. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I'm built for this anymore. Um, legs are sore, body's a bit, a bit broken. <laughs> uh, what have I got myself into? Two big days to come. Three big days really. Oh, I've got up early so I've got a bit of extra time so I can roll along a bit slower. That's my theory. Went maybe a bit hard yesterday, but I sort of had to. Good day yesterday. Great day yesterday, actually. Some great people coming out to meet me. It was nice. Weather gods were good. Hopefully it's a good day today. Let's see how it goes. Well, 75K in and uh, things have turned around a little bit. I know it's, it's sort of like weird. You sort of need to start in the dark feeling the way I did this morning because you sort of feel crap in the dark and as the sun comes up you start to feel better 
with the rise of the sun. And then uh, I hit some dirt, which took the morale out a bit because it was pretty soft and wet. I was moving along at like 20k an hour. But then uh, I've since come on this, it's called the old coast road between Marlow and Can River sort of. It's nice. Where the gods, sun's out, bit of a tailwind. And uh, I reckon Can River's probably like 25k away, maybe 30. So, so far so good. Well, I've just had a nice pub meal here in Eden. Um, I pushed on from Can River today. Got to Can River a little bit too early. Um, I don't know. I think I just messed up the timing. I thought I was going to be there at 12.30 or something, but I was there at 9.30, and I certainly wasn't riding fast. Um, it was a slug slog this morning. It was wet gravel roads, and it was slow going. And um, actually, I've been on by myself today, and it's been great. You know, this is a big reason why I did do the trip too, is to get some time on my own. You know, it's why am I doing this trip, I guess, is the best big question. It's a few things, really. It's one, to experience this road up to Sydney, the coast road, to sort of see this part of Australia that I haven't really seen, to ride it. Also, after retiring, I wanted to sort of just, you know, give myself some time to think. I feel like it's been pretty busy since I came back to Australia and just have this time on the road to give myself a chance to sort of have a think about everything. But then also... To meet people along the way, that was also a part of it too, to inspire people to get out there and ride and, you know, to you can do these journeys. So I'm certainly not fit and I'm struggling along, but anyone can do this sort of thing. So it's been a good day for me to just sort of reflect what's going on in my life. Um, this is what these sort of pilgrimages are about, I think. You just get that time on your own, no distractions, just you and the road and push on and, you know... The destination is your is your focal point and the rest of the stuff you're just in your own mind working some stuff out. So that's what's been going with me today. It's been a nice day for that. The weather's been great. Again, weather gods. So 50k to go. I'm just going to roll on in and uh, on to Tarthra. Well, now we're feeling a bit more comfortable. We're here at the Tarthra um, pub where I'm actually staying and Tom's come across. He saw me roll in a, you know, a, shattered, a shattered self image of myself um, after a hard day. But he's actually on the road trip as well. He's on the road to the world, aren't you, Tom? That's right, yep. Up with the fam. We've uh, come up from Brunswick in Melbourne and we're staying in Tarthra tonight onto Jarvis Bay and then onto the worlds for Saturday. Can't wait. You're taking the same route as me. You just, just got the wheels though, the car. That's right, man. I put the bike on the roof. <laughs> it's the uh, easy one and the family in the back. So, uh, yeah, mate, can't wait. So tell me, you've actually ridden a little bit of my route tomorrow, haven't you? I have, yeah, up towards uh, Bermagoo from here. It's a beautiful road, quite rolling hills, um, but nice through the national park there. It's lovely. So you get into cycling in, in Melbourne. What's your peloton like that you ride with? This is life in the peloton. I want to hear about your peloton, your group, the guys that you ride with. What are they? Pretty aggressive. They go for it. Cruisy bunch. Crap, grab a few coffees at the end or a few cold ones. Oh, you know what? Mix of all in between. I think um, I ride with a few of the Knights of Suburbia guys and some of the more serious folk, definitely, they go pretty hard and I'm just trying to keep up. Um, but, yeah, it's good fun. Bit and bit of a mix. I love, yeah, coffee at the end, beer. It's all good. 
why did you decide to go up to the Worlds? What was like, oh, I know it's the Worlds, but like not everyone wants to go up and view it roadside. They think, oh, yeah, it's too hard basket. I'm going to watch it on TV. Why did you decide to pack the family in and go up for it? Well, to be honest, um, school holidays. I'm a teacher. So it finally something fell in the middle weekend of school holidays in Victoria. Um, so we thought, booked it and yeah, like weeks, months ago even. And um, yeah, just thought, let's do it. Well, talking about the Worlds, who's going to win? Look, it's probably shameful to say, but I'd love to see Wout Van Aert win. I'm a huge fan, but although if Bling can get up, that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, oh, it's a pretty stacked, yeah, stacked peloton. I don't know. Who's your who's your pick? Well, I've, everyone's saying Wout Van Aert. I heard a Bogacha. Also, someone threw out Jai Hindley, um, which I didn't think is a bad idea. Um, I said Fred Wright as my wild card or Bingham Gamay, um, but I actually picked Wout Van Aert too. I would, yeah, I would love to see him win it. I think... Uh He's been, yeah, pretty stiff the last couple, and uh, you know, but he's. I feel like even though he is the favourite, for him to win it, it's so hard because they all just sit on him like a hawk, and um, it's going to take a lot. We'll see. We will see. Now you're gonna, you're not, you don't want to roll out at five a.m. with me tomorrow, do you? You know what? I asked you your start time. Five was a little bit early. Um, if you said six, I might, but I'll, um, yeah, talk to the fan. Maybe we could roll out for the first hour or two. Mate, that'd be awesome. If you're up for it, I would love that. Love the company. So, well, thanks for coming over and having a beer. No worries, mate. Appreciate it. Good luck on the ride. Thank you. We'll see you on the road, probably. Give me a toot. Two toots. Yeah, love it. Toot toot. Let's do it. I'm talking with Hans and Malia. They've come down from Vega. Malia is a local Vegarian. Well, from the area anyway. Hans is a vegan. Hans is just a Sydney man. He's just decided to move down here. He's a, he's a trespasser. But we're eating oysters. They're very local down here, aren't they, Hans? Yeah, yeah they are. Yeah, it's the Oyster Coast. Tell me about it. We were just talking about the rings because I said, what, what's the go with these oysters? They taste pretty good to me. You said, oh, no, these are, these are young ones. They don't have the rings on them. Tell me about oysters. Educate everyone listening about oysters. They go through growth stages. So we've got a guy down here. Um, I've got to give a shout-out to Gary Rodley, the oyster guru or the oyster whisperer. And um, he taught me working for him about all the little stages, how these guys grow and... You can see as they grow that they get little lumps and um, little changes in colour and pattern on the shell and that sort of indicates growth seasons. And they love to grow in summer and they sort of hibernate in winter. Is it a simple thing of older is better? I think so. Like wine. You know, you have vines, like old vines, and it's like a big claim that you make better wine on old vines. So I think so. Now, Malia, not as quiet as in exciting conversation, but... This area, especially Bega and in there, was really affected by the fires about three years ago now. And your family was right in the middle of that. And you lost actually your little house, but your mum and dad's house was saved. So in a way, a good thing. Tell me about the effects in the community from the fires. I know you've probably answered this a million times, but it'd be interesting for everyone to hear you know, a few years afterwards about how everyone sort of bounced back or what the effect has been on someone who was actually from the area. Um, I think it's affected different people very, yeah, just differently. But um, it's really nice to see the community get really united by it. Um, I'm a recent member of the RFS too, so I get to really connect with the people that um, help protect all of our homes. And I think that um, it's really nice to see the appreciation for the people that have supported us all through such a difficult time coming out in the community. Hans, what about you? You've done some riding. You're an ex-cyclist yourself. 
We still get out every so often. What about the riding in this area? What have I got to look forward to in the, the next little bit of my ride up to Bermagui and on from there up to Jervis Bay? Um, amazing, amazing stretches of coast, especially between Tartha and Bermagui. Um, Tartha is known for its mountain bike tracks too. And I think so much so that like every other little coastal town like Mogo um, and Eden are all like following suit, building tracks. Um, and then you get, they run a little enduro here and you get big riders coming down here every year for it. But yeah. Tell me about something else that was really exciting that you said oh, I can do tomorrow. It's whale season. I could not believe you said that. I didn't even know it was whales in this area. It's whale season as well. I've come at the right time. Plus, I'm going in the morning to Bermagui where you said that I can probably see some whales. What do you think? Um, I used to live in Bermagui and it is such a special thing to get to go up to one of the headlands and look out and see them playing or even just spraying. Um, then they come right into the bay. So it's, yeah, it's quite a special thing about the area. What sort of whales? What do you got? I think we've got humpbacks. I think you see a lot of southern rights and fin whales maybe. But yeah, you'll literally be putting on your shoes, looking out the window, strapping on your cleats, and there'll be whales. Guarantee it. From my window here, because where we're sitting is right on the sort of the headland here, and the coast is right behind us. It's right there. We can see the water from here. It's dark now. But tomorrow morning, I can look out and see, like you said, the water spurting up from the, from the blowhole, can't I? Yeah. Yeah. You're making it sound like a tourist commercial now, but yeah, that's it. Well, people don't know. Like... I didn't even know until about five minutes ago. So, oh, well, guys, thanks for coming down and having dinner with me, and I'll keep pushing on. Thanks, Mitch. Lovely to meet you. Well, this has been a nice surprise. I've walked into the Tathra hotel and motel where I'm staying tonight we're sitting here with Ben and he looks at me and he's like mate you ride for EF I think I know the owner of EF or the ex-owner of EF one of the one of the partners Michael Drapak who is I know him very well and actually you know his son Paddy Drapak legend of the world don't you I do know Paddy uh, Paddy and I have known each other a long time now we actually went to school together and uh, we got into all sorts of trouble through high school and um, he's one of my very good friends and um, a keen uh, cycling fan and a very good cyclist himself. He is a very good cyclist and he is a, good, he is a cycling fan too. Michael Drapak is, I have wanted to do a podcast on Michael because he is the massive influence into my career. I rode with Drapak, Drapak Porsche it was back in the day and he has helped shape the culture of cycling for youngsters, me primarily, you know, he was a big support for my pro career. And I just found that so significant that we were just up here in Tathra and we just caught up. You're also from Melbourne, aren't you? Yeah, from Melbourne, grown up in Melbourne my whole life and uh, recently made a bit of a sea change up to the Sapphire Coast up here in Tathra and uh, absolutely loving it. I should have probably done it a lot earlier on in my life, I think. Why here? Um, Tarthra's always been a special place for me. We used to come up here as kids for family holidays. We'd spend two weeks over Christmas. And even from a young age, I think the first year we came, I might have been five or six years old. And I just fell in love with the place. It's got this magical sense to it. Uh, the waters are pristine. The marine life is incredible. And the small town uh, community up here is really strong. And it's something that I've just naturally gravitated towards. I distinctly remember being seven or eight years old and I'd get up at six o'clock in the morning and head up to the Tathra Wharf and I had no idea what I was doing. 
but the locals even back then were so quick to lend a hand or to offer some advice. And some of those things that they taught me back then still stand with me today. And um, in a small way, I've been passing those same tips on to the kids that I meet at the wharf. And uh, as I mentioned, it's just a great community up here and it's something that you can really easily immerse yourself in. And um, it's yeah, been the best thing I've ever done in my life, I think, moving up here. It sounds like, you know, because sometimes you romanticise these things. When you're kids, you go on holidays, you think, oh, it's the best place in the world. And you actually come there for a long, longer period of time or when you get older and you think, maybe I thought this was a bit better when I was a kid. But clearly for you, it isn't that. It's, it is an actual whole rounded thing. Not only a great place for when you're a kid, but as you've grown older, it's a great community as well. And so change from Melbourne, like you said, you were in that COVID period, but also I think you realise that you didn't want to be in the Melbourne City. Something I've recently realised myself, moving up to Lansfield, just that change, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think until you put that idea in your head that you need a change, um, I think it's really hard to act upon act upon it. But once I realised that I wanted to make a move, I was extremely motivated to make it happen. Um, and I was very fortunate that I was able to do so. And um, I think it's something that a lot of more people should at least consider. Um, these big cities are really attractive when you're young and growing up and I think there are a lot of pressure on you to perhaps um, achieve certain things through schooling or university or getting a big corporate job. But at the end of the day, it's not for everyone. And what I've realised is finding something that you want um, is the most important thing. And for me, yeah, living up here in a quiet town with uh, the brilliant outdoors, it's something that I want and i um, fortunate enough to have made it, made it happen. Quality of life, you know, we underestimate it. Um, what do the parents think? Oh, they love it. Yeah, they love it. I'm very fortunate to come from a very uh, supportive family. And um, I've got three siblings. They're all doing different things. Uh, my sister's a doctor. My older brother's an architect. My younger brother works in finance. And uh, he's been up here at the Tartha pub. But they, they love it. They think it's great. I'm doing something different, doing something that I want to do. I think I've always struggled in my life of not really knowing what I wanted to do or... I guess I um, sort of moseyed on through life. I was a little bit unmotivated as a school kid. Um, so now to be motivated, to be living up here, to be doing something that I want, it's incredibly refreshing. And I think it's, um, it makes it really easy to get up in the morning. And I think that's a really important thing in life. Well, let's talk a little bit of cycling. And you may have no idea, but it's a question I'm asking everyone. I'm on my way to the Worlds. Who is going to win this year's World Championships? Do you, even, do you know? Have you been researched? Yeah, I'm a very casual follower of the sport. I watch the Grand Tours and the, uh, the big one-day races. I would love Bling to win. Bling's always been one of my favourite cyclists. It was great to see him get that stage this year in the Tour de France, that long-awaited victory. Um, it'd be great for Bling. He would be my number one hope. Um, but I would love to see Pogacar. Or I think my main hope for the race is it comes down to the last couple of laps. If we can get a bit of a battle between Pogacar and Vanderpool and... Uh, Van Art, I think for Australian cycling, that would be pretty exciting for us to all watch. Well, you're very researched. You're actually almost me more researched than I am. Awesome, mate. Well, it's time for me to get my last beer, I think. The bell's ringing, and you've just almost finished your break, so you might have to pour me that beer. Uh, too good, Mitch. Thank you, mate. All right, we're having cleansing <laughs> ale. Probably shouldn't have... I didn't need this beer. And Ryan's joined us. If you remember Ryan from last night, the old ore boss. Yeah. He's... He's made his way. Two people in <laughs> He's made his way to Tathra, and I have too. But he's brought his mates along, Jay and Randy. We're going to talk to Randy because he's actually a keen cyclist as well. I'm not as keen as I was. But 
So tell me about this place here and how you ended up here, why you come up here on holidays and what's so special about this little town that we're in. We just come here for, I guess, a mix of outdoor, I don't know, sort of activities like just surfing, bike riding, golf and just having a beer with mates and enjoying the uh, outdoor experiences. Now, Ryan said something really interesting before, and I, I tend to agree with him, is that, and I think we're all agreeing, Sarah, is that coming away on holidays, you know, you, you're a bit more present. We've all got kids here. You've got two kids. A bit more present with the kids, aren't you, when you come on holidays? You guys, are you all school teachers? No. I'm an electrician. Yeah, tradie. Electrician. And, uh, but coming away, there's, there's a bit more presence with the family and just being, you know, when you're at home, we just tend to get caught up doing different stuff. Is that your sort of motivation to go, let's just get out of the house, let's get away? Definitely. And you've got to do it. Like, you get old quick and you just got to get away. Yeah, it's the best, like, you, as a child, it's the best time you could ever have getting away with your parents. Let's talk bikes. You brought your bike up here. Is there any good riding up here? There is. I haven't ridden as much as I should. My mates will be getting into me who listen to this. They go, he doesn't ride at all anymore. But <laughs> I, I, I got, I come off second best in my surfboard today. Got thrown over the falls. <laughs> but I'll, I will ride tomorrow afternoon, definitely. Yeah. What's the surf like up here? Pretty small, which is good for me because I'm not very good. So. <laughs> <laughs> well let's quickly talk about the world championships that are on at the moment have you got a pick for the worlds who's going to win the worlds do you even know who's riding doesn't matter if you don't throw a name into the mix i, I haven't been following cycling much at all lately but mvp used to be the uh, the man of late but i haven't um i don't have a pick to be honest do it's you not, have a pick it's not a bad pick yeah. vanderpoel we're talking yeah. about yep yep Matthew Vanderpool, that is, for anyone out there. Um, I deciphered that code. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, it's not a bad pick. Um, I picked Walt Van Aert, which is that everyone's been saying at the moment, but I also threw in a couple others into the mix. What about your peloton that you used to ride with back around? You're from Red Hill. Yep, Mornington. Mornington, sorry. No, I'm from yeah, near Red Hill. But yeah, yep. Mornington was my road crew. Mornington Cycle Cycling Club. Tell me about them. Are they aggressive? Are they, you know, you fast bunch, you sort of it social was, bunch. It was a very um, a lot of banter, very fast, aggressive, but fun. Like very fun. Yeah. And what what made you go every week to that bunch or every day or whatever it was? What was the driving force for you to go? You know, I'm going to go meet the boys. I mean, it was the heckling if you didn't go. Like we had a WhatsApp going to make sure you did go, and it was just the banter. It was um, it was a lot of fun sort of most people about in their sort of 40s sort of professionals and just just a funny switched on bunch it was um yeah good fun oh right well that's a wrap just about to call it a day it's been a big day again but weirdly i feel like it's sort of been rest days on the right word definitely not but the calm before the storm big day yesterday i was pretty broken I feel somewhat okay today because I think I left early. Uh, struggled on in the beginning, but it was a nice day on my own. Like I said before, just got it done. Some tough hills at the end. Oh, tomorrow's the biggest day. Not the longest. It's only a few K shorter longest, but it's super hilly. Four and a half thousand meters of altitude, 290 K. Going to leave at five. I've got Tom rolling out with me in the morning, a guy I just met at the pub. It's going to be tough actually. I'm feeling tired. Actually, I really feel like riding tomorrow. (laughs) 
Would you believe it? I'll get it done. And once you get going, it's fine. Like I said, you got to get going in the dark. As the sun comes up, I'm going to look out for those whales. On to tomorrow. Speak to you then. One crucial part of my trip was actually documenting this trip, not only for me, but also for people who were trying to meet up with me. One of the hard things when you're on the road riding is actually trying to access your phone to get it out when you see something cool as you're passing by. You think, oh, look at that. I wish I could get a photo of that. Well, actually, I was using the quad lock front mount and my phone just clipped straight there in front of me and I could rip it off whenever I saw something pretty cool and film it or even just film myself struggling along so I could put it up on social media so you guys could have a laugh at it and just see where I was on my journey. It's something that I've been using for the first time this year. Prior to now, I always was just concerned about having my head unit on there watching the data. Now that's not a concern for me, it's more important for me to have my phone handy to document the fun things along on my journey. Also to see the funny messages coming in from people who want to message me out on the way too. I'm not only finding it easy with that front mount, but it's also a lot safer and it never comes off. I went on some pretty rough roads, gravel and whatever, snapped it on, snapped it off, simple as that. If I didn't document it, how were you guys going to find me out there on the road or enjoy the experience of that journey? So it was pretty cool. All right, here we are. It's five on the dot. And I've convinced Tom, who I met at the pub last night, to come with me, mate. Here we go. We're going to roll out, aren't we? Yeah, mate, looking forward to it. I don't know if I've been up at this hour for a ride a long time, so thanks for getting me out of bed. Got your nicest suburbia kit on. Shout out to them. All right, let's hit the road. Big day ahead. You can pace me up you know 20 30k hopefully yeah let's see man hopefully it's uh, something you can't nothing you can't handle hopefully oh mate that was nice 35k i squeezed a few more k out of you um beautiful morning isn't it oh it's absolutely stunning yeah the sun's coming up now and uh we'll turn back and pray for me heading back i hope you get back pick up the missus jump in the car and enjoy your drive along give me a toot when you come past i will mate if you're tired there's we've got another rack so you can jump in don't tell me that thanks yeah. mate thanks mate appreciate it Alright, thought I'd just pull the mic out here as I go up yet another hill. Lots of hills today. Lots of just little, little hills. Windy. Blockhead wind. And hilly. I'm actually suffering a bit today. You know, fourth day in. And just the hills and the wind. Yeah, I guess it's adding up. 100k to go. So, just trying to break it down mentally. Well, I've just stopped for a bit of an emergency stop at this uh, petrol station about 20k out of Ulladulla. And I run into Greg, who saw me, and he said, What are you doing, young fella? Didn't you? I did indeed. Oh, I was uh, inquiring um, because I saw you in your bike riding equipment, and I thought, oh, Are you heading for Wollongong? Because we just came down from there. What were you doing in Wollongong? Yes, we, we went up to visit some uh, some relatives. Uh, I have a relative who's not very well, so we've been going up for subsequent days and have to come home to feed uh, the animals and so on. But you're going to go back up, and you said you saw the Spanish team, and it's getting a bit of atmosphere there, isn't it? Oh, it is, absolutely. I did hear on the radio there were some of the uh, local business people thought it was a little bit quieter than they thought it was going to be, oh, right. as far as business goes, but I think it'll pick up as they get closer to the big events. 
Yeah, on the weekend. I'm hoping it'll pick up too. And you said it's supposed to be raining tomorrow, but you reckon if I get out early, I might miss it? I think you might. They, they said it might come in a bit later tomorrow and look out Thursday. Great. Well, I'll see you up there. Good on you. You sure will. All the best. Well, Jamie contacted me a little while ago, actually last week. He thought I was coming up last week. Um, and that's Jamie from Skin Grows Back. I think most Australians are going to know what I'm talking about, but I'm going to let Jamie tell you. He's in Ulladulla, 60k from where I'm staying today. He said, get in here, come and have a coffee. Couldn't resist. I wanted to come and see this workshop because I've seen his stuff everywhere. It's all in the bike shops. I just wondered where it came from. So I'm standing, as you can hear, the sewing machine's going, handmade. Jamie, thanks for having me, mate. Beautiful coffee. Thank you. Thank you for stopping by. Tell me about the area you were just talking about riding up here. What's your peloton like? This is life in the peloton. You've got to tell me about your peloton. You just said it was a mountain bike peloton. What is it? Pretty much my, my peloton is my family. Um, so, yeah, just riding with my kid, riding trails. Um, yeah, that's basically it. Just trying to spend time with my son while he's young. Well, I'm on the way to the Worlds. Have you got any idea who's going to win the World Championships this year? Can you give us a pick? Ooh, I haven't really had a look at the road course. I know it's... There's a few pinchy climbs yep. in there. Throw us a name. Uh, Lampart, Pogacar, Poggers, maybe? Poggers a good call. I tell you what, at the last minute, call, yeah, man. no, but it's good. It's yeah. good. You, I said pick the winner, so yeah, you've done wasn't, well. Wasn't going that great in the time trial, was he, no. for, for, for him? So maybe he's saving it, saving it for Sunday. You're going to get up there and watch it? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And, and Saturday as well. Perfect. Well, thanks, mate. Let's have this coffee and uh, yeah. I'll let you get back to work. Thank you. Well, would you believe it? It's all over. The dreaded day to Vincentia is done. Lots of hills, lots of headwind. But the best part was when I turned off that Princess Highway, I had Murray there waiting for me to roll me in the last 15K. He's sitting here. He's shouted me a beer. We're down at the uh, Huskana pub, aren't we? Huskerson, yeah. Huskerson's pub, sorry. Yep, thanks Mitch, and it was a good little ride in. Um, I can't believe you were still going so quick after 10 hours, but uh, good work. Well, the beers were calling, and I was like, all right, we just got to get there now. A few times we had to single out. I was like, all right, let's just get in, let's get these beers. Why have you? Why are you up here? Because you're actually from Albury, aren't you? Yeah, that's right. Up on a family holiday, get the kids away, uh, get them out on the beach, and... Uh, get away from the cold winter we've had and you've brought your bike up what's the bike scene like up here have you run into any other guys riding around what's the what's the peloton scene uh not this time but generally on the weekends i've been up here a couple of times there's quite a few people uh roll down from wollongong and sydney and uh, come across them from time to time but uh, this time i bought my gravel bike up so i've been following the fire trails around what about down Norbury now? It's a bit of a cycling hub down there. There's, I don't know, Norbury Wodonga that is. There's, I know there's a lot of cyclists from down that way. You've got Reese Pollock. You've also got Dave McKenzie, uh, Dave McPartland, sorry. He's down there. He's a director sportive on Green Edge, or now known as Bike Exchange. Um, so there's some good riders coming out of that area. What's the, what's the riding scene like down that way now? Uh, it's been pretty badly decimated by COVID, uh, but... Uh we're hoping this year, the uh, with everything clearing up and over the summer, we can get a bit more uh, crit action going. Uh, mountain biking's very, very strong in the area and gravel's really starting to come away. Uh, we've got a little bit of everything. We're close to Bright. Uh, we're close to the river trails, so it's awesome. I'm on my way to the Worlds. So who's going to win the World Championships? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, 
but I wouldn't be surprised if today has a has a bit of a uh, dig this time round. Uh, I know he's uh, come here fairly uh, excited. He got a bike a uh, trainer out of the, one of the local bike shops in Albury. He did. He did. So uh, yes, it's uh, it's all looking good. Um, but uh, you never know. Uh, Remco's a chance. So there, there's uh, but there's plenty of options. I think. Why do you get a trainer from the bike shop in Albury of all places? Uh, Prior to his uh, turning pro, when he was a neo pro, one of the uh, guys that was directing him was living in Albury at the time. There you go, for everyone listening out there. Well, it's time for us to sit back and enjoy this beer. Thanks a lot for meeting me at the end of a tough day, Murray. He was waiting there for a little while for me, but it was all worth it. Beers are still cold, aren't they? They're awesome. Nice, Nice little local Jarvis Bay brewing. Perfect. Well, here we are, last day. Can't believe it. A late start. It feels like about 10 a.m. starting at 7 in the morning. I've got Shane down here. Murray's back again. Shane, mate, you're a bit of a local. Uh, yeah, um, bike shop, Sanctuary Point. Um, live at Basin View. Been here for a few years now. Horrible place to live. I can tell. Yeah, it is, it is pretty bad around here. And everyone knows, if they've been following my, uh, my route on Instagram, they'll see it is a real horrible place of the world down here. Um, well, this is it. You decide to ride me out. What are we looking at for the first part of the ride today? Um, I'm not sure what you've got planned, but I'm thinking Willamaya Road. Nice little rolling sort of ride um, out to the highway. That's where I'll be signing off. But yeah, get you going. Awesome. All right, well, I've got a couple of questions for you. Who's going? I'm on my way to the Worlds. Who's going to win the Worlds? Uh, yeah, um, good question. I know I'd like to see an Aussie win. Um, yeah, Matthews, I reckon um, after his stage win at the Tour, um, it'd be hard to back against him, for sure. Got to get over that hill, which he's proven he can do, and, and then, um, yeah, good finish for him, I reckon. What about the Peloton culture here? This is life in the Peloton. What's your Peloton here? Is there a bit of a bunch culture here? Is, you know, is it crazy, you know, get out and smack each other up the road, or is it a bit more relaxed, go back, have a coffee? Um, it's a bunch of old guys, really just cruising around so they have the occasional hit out the odd Strava com but um yeah pretty cruisy coffee well let's get into it let's hit the road well I'm almost there now I'm in Nara and not too far from my old coach's place Kev he's, he's down here with his wife Erin they've decided to meet me for a coffee this morning um Kev welcome back to the pod yeah Mitch great to see you in in my country or our country and uh, yeah good to catch up with you pretty busy on the way in I was like how do you live here but I'm gonna I'm gonna ride past your house which is really right down on the beach I'll, I'll announce the address later on in the podcast so everyone can pop by there later um, but that is where it is beautiful down there but this is the big city there um, Kev you're working for UAE at the moment um, you're up here now working for Portugal for the the worlds tell me a little bit about the hype around the worlds. you've been in and out out of the bubble there in Wollongong. Wollongong's only just up the road now, isn't it? Yeah, look, first of all, for me to be a local, to have the World Championship come to, to your backyard, it's fantastic. Uh, and to see the way that the crowds have really embraced it and got into it, um, there's a lot of excitement up there. And and seeing all the riders um, you know, in the peloton riding through town training. But then, funnily enough for me, as where I live in the small town of, called Jeringong, a uh, little beach town, 
to have World Cycling come to, to Gerringong, it's amazing. And uh, for me to, to go to work in Gerringong, it's, 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 uh, it's a crazy experience, but something I'm certainly enjoying. Well, tell me about this thing that you um, told me about before, because there was a bit of a feeling on the way up through some of these small towns and people who aren't really aware of cycling, you know, they, they give you that sort of, oh, you're a cyclist type feel. And that can happen sort of anywhere in the world, I guess. But, you know, you were telling me about a story about Walt Van Aert when he went into a cafe just the other day. What was that story? Yeah, it's been really good to hear some of the positive stories come out. And one of them was uh, Walt Van Aert was uh, stopping in for a, a coffee on his on his ride with the, with the boys. And the person that owned the cafe didn't know who he was and, and served just a regular cyclist. And someone put a, a photo on Instagram of Walt Van Aert at this cafe and tagged the cafe. And within half an hour, there was a line 100 metres long of people there to get coffee and we bought everyone coffees. And uh, yeah, and the guy that owned the cafe said, this is the best day he's ever had and didn't know who he was, but now he's a cycling fan and he's going to follow it for the future. So just nice little stories like that. It's really good. Well, you're actually travelling around the world like you're the, the head coach of UAE. You've, you know, and that's a European-based team. You're still back here in Australia. You've got three girls, young girls, daughters, Erin. You're the real hero of this conversation. How do you let this man travel around and still keep the family afloat while he's, you know, doing this job of uh, travelling the world? Well, I wasn't expecting this, Mitch, so I'm a bit nervous. But um, we just have to check in and uh, work with different time zones and lots of FaceTiming. So that's, that's how we manage it. But it's really good to have Kev only just up the road and we've been able to go up and, and be part of it this time so it's it's been fantastic actually see him work because he does say you know i'm over here working hard I mean, i've seen it firsthand you know no it is he does work hard well kev what have i got look to look forward to from here from nara well actually tell me about that first from nara through past your place then on to wollongong what's the road like for me well this is the best part of the world now so you're really going to enjoy it so let's say nara to Gerringong. A nice, nice dual lane freeway up there. Once you get to Gerringong... Best part of the world, beautiful. Can't wait, can't wait for that. <laughs> Once you get to Gerringong, now it changes. And now you're going to be on the coast and follow the beach uh, past my house. And then there's a track called the Kaima Coast Walk. It's called a walk, but you can ride it apparently, but you're going to do that. And uh, it's, it's beautiful uh, cliffs and, and nice water views and it's just a nice, um, yeah, serene place to ride. And you'll pop out at Kaima and then all the way to Wollongong, it's, it's coastal ride from there. So this is the best part of your ride now. Can't wait for that dual highway bit too. <laughs> That'd be great. Tell me, who's going to win the world championships? It's an easy one, Tade. Absolutely on form. Uh, the longer race suits him. He can out-sprint Van Aert. He's already proven that. So definitely Tade. All right, get out to the bookmakers, put your money on him. And Kev, one thing I've been asking some people along the way too is, and you're a, you're a rider yourself, um, we're an ex-rider now, I haven't seen many posts up on Strava lately. Um, what's your peloton up here? What's the, what's the cycling scene like around here? I know you used to get out with a few guys and ride down the beach, Weary Beach and things like that. What's your group like? Are they pretty aggressive, you know, racing each other or is it pretty relaxed, get coffees? What's the peloton scene like? Yeah, it's pretty relaxed up here, um, and it's it's a tough one for me because I work different time zones. I normally go riding during the day, and it's probably the wrong way to put people are going to jobs during the day, and I'm able to go for a ride during the day. So probably not the right way to put it. Uh, but look, the cycling scene—it's always been huge in there in this area here. We've produced Australian champions like Darren Rolfe, Robbie Williams over the years. We've had some good riders come from here. Uh, but for me, if I do ride, it's normally indoors on my whoosh. 
the indoor training platform. So it's always nice to, to be, be on there and see people on there as well. Tell me, I've got a last question for you. This is a coaching question now because I haven't had a chance to pick your brain for a while. Building up a lot of fatigue for myself. I've moved into about CTL of about 93, I think I saw this morning, you know, through the roof for me this year. Woke up this morning. Is it psychological this morning? But why am I feeling good? Because I felt the last few days, I felt like death waking up. I was like, how could I be, you know, recovering? I just expected to be feeling downhill. But I felt really good today on the bike, rolling towards you. Legs felt good. And I was like, must be psychological. There's no way anything could have turned around from, you know, the last three days of build up. Well, it's because of the excitement of coming to Gerringong. So it's probably is psychological. But on that point too, it's probably time that you and I did some test efforts uh, to see where you're actually at in terms of fitness and form and so on. So we can arrange that next week if you want. We'll do some efforts and get some training in place and be accountable again and yeah, get back to the old days. Get me back on the payroll. Okay, yeah, I'll see what's going on. Yeah, right. All right, thanks, Kev. Well, um, let's, let's have our coffee and um, I'll be on my way. Beauty. All right, enjoy your ride and yeah, safe riding. Thanks, Aaron, too. Thanks, Mitch. Good luck. We've just pulled up in Jerrygong. We've just gone to Kev's house to use his pump. So I've actually had Gavin meet me out on the route. He's waiting for me while I sat in now and had a coffee with Kev. He was out there waiting. Um, so Gav, mate, you've actually been up to the course and checked it out. You're from Berry, which is not too far away. And um, you were telling me you're actually a police officer and you got to ride around to check it all out. What sort of bike was it? Yeah, mountain bike, uh, a Merida Big Trail. So provided by the police and um, yeah so we did a few laps of the course yesterday and checked it out while getting paid so it was pretty special um, yeah tell me about the course and you got first hand to experience it what's the hill like the main climb you know the thing they're going around there is somewhere between 12 and 14 times now you've got to actually see it what it's going to happen on that climb tell me about the actual climb yeah, so we went up there yesterday, we went up uh, Dumfries Avenue, which is on the time trial course, and that's a little bit of a pinch, but then we decided to check out Rama Avenue, and it's steep, and I think it's going to be very selective by the end. Has it changed your opinion on who you think can win the race? And the second question is, who is going to win the race? Oh, there's obviously a few contenders. Um, I think Wout's a good chance, uh, Alaphilippe, if he's in form. It's one of those hills that they'll have to they'll punch it up there and I reckon they'll either be a solo finisher or maybe up to five in a small bunch. We're starting to feel the vibe of the worlds because as we rolled into here, we saw the Danish team rolling towards us. You know, I met you who's just been on the course. So I'm so close to Wollongong now, probably about 50k blockhead wind. Everyone's going to get sick of hearing me talk about the weather, but that's a big element of this ride. Blockhead wind today, sun's still shining. There is that vibe around. What about in Berry? You're probably, I don't know how far you are from Wollongong, but not far as well. Are you getting the vibe of the, the worlds there? Have you got any teams staying there? Yeah, definitely getting the vibe. I don't think there's any teams staying there, but we're only 15 k's away from Gerringong, where the Norwegians and the Danish are staying. Uh, I think the Estonians are in Kaima, so they've all been killing the, the Strava records around Berry and Nara, uh, and yeah, catching a few coffees and bakery treats in Berry. there's definitely been a few visitors. You jumped onto the back of some of those bunches as they roll past? Not yet. <laughs> Has anyone that you know? Not that I know of. Awesome, well let's crack on, I've got air in the tyres, I've got you with me, I don't know how much for much further but you've already come with me for the last 30k so thanks for being with me. Thank you. Sam, Talia, we're on the final stretch about 15-20k in, the wind is blowing, 
but I was crawling up this like pretty easy climb with this gale force headwind into me and you two were waiting at the top of the hill having a having a laugh waiting for me <laughs> guys you're gonna ride me in why did you decide to come out and meet me on this windy old day oh look Mitch you've been an inspiration for quite a long time I've been loving listening to the podcasts and it's been such a good insight into the sport of cycling and giving me so much extra knowledge into what the what the professional scenes like and and even the adventure scene and the gravel stuff and you've been uh, really instrumental in some of the stuff that I've chosen to do along the way Nice, mate. Well, nice to hear that. That's why I do the pod, so I'm glad to hear that. And Talia, you, uh, you've been, you've getting the feeling of all the, the pros around now. We've just seen a few roll past. You you live just around here as well, close to Wollongong. Has it been fun with all the atmosphere of the world's building up? Yeah, it's been hella fun. Pretty excited. Even took the whole week off work just to see everyone. But yeah, you've been a bit of inspiration. Watched you as a young tacker, so always wanted to come meet you and ride with you. So yeah. Nice. Well, I'm going to be sitting on you now into this big headwind. So, yes, perfect. Well, now, guys, as we're on our way to the Worlds, who's going to win the Worlds? Who's going to win the women's race, do you think, Talia? Oh, I reckon Van Vluten's got it. It's a good call in the men's race. Oh, I'm stuck between Wout and Van Der Poel. If you have to make a call? I'd like Van Der Poel to win. <laughs> Same question, Sam. Women's and men's. I think uh, Van Vluten is a pretty tough tough pick to, to pass up, so I'll be backing her as well. Uh, and I'd love to see Michael Matthews uh, finally get up for a, a world's victory, but uh, Wout's in some strong form as well, so I think it'll be a pretty tough battle. Have you guys ridden around the course? Um, a little bit, not much, but I'm pretty local, so you just ride it every weekend. What do you think of the hill? Oh, it's tough, yeah, very steep. It'll be, it'll be a good showdown. And finally, what's your peloton like? This is life in the peloton. I'm, ex- I'm exploring all the different pelotons. What's your bunch rides like? What are the groups of people riding down here? What do you do? Do you go on like fast rides in the morning? You're a bit of a more cruisy one. Everyone sticks to themselves. What's the peloton scene like up here close to Wollongong? Um, it's pretty all over everywhere. You've got your fast bunches really early in the morning and then you've got our little casual group rides like me and Sam do go for our coffee ride after a few hours. But yeah, you do have your big pelotons which will do a pretty big lake loop and they go pretty fast. So yeah. All right, well, let's let's get in. Sam, you know some cheeky back ways here. We've been going on the bike path for a little bit, so let's do it. Awesome. Thank you, Mitch. Dave, mate, you've invited me into the Shram House here. The best location. I've only been in Wollongong for about five minutes, but from my eyes, the best location for the world's. Thank you very much for a frothy. You've refueled me in my last stop. Are you feeling G'd up? What's the vibe like around the World Championships? It's going to be a huge weekend. The two big races, the, uh, the men's elite and the women's elite, on Saturday and Sunday will be absolutely awesome, I reckon. So I think the whole place will be pumping. I think the worst of the weather will pass in the next couple of days. You lot are actually probably going to ride into it as you head into Sydney now. But it's going to be a magnificent weekend. I think the stoke is high and everyone's ready. How did you get this house? Because this is a house like literally right on the course, a beautiful house. Tell me that story. I was a bit forward. I, I drove down here when I first heard the course from uh, from a friend of mine, Duncan Murray. And... Uh, I came, looked at where the finish line was and went, that's the best house in Wollongong. Knocked on the door and the wonderful people that lived here literally invited me in to show me the house. I said, I'm Dave from SRAM. Uh, you don't know the brand, but or you probably don't know the brand. And he actually had SRAM on a bike in the garage. And uh, a bit of work from there and we were all done and here we are. 
few months later. Perfect. Well, I'm going to get back on the bike. 100k to go. Thanks, mate. All the best, Mitch. Have fun with this crew. Don't do a single turn. Make them do all the work. I will. Don't worry. Pretty windy back here, hopefully you can hear us. I'm now with the Rafa crew, they've ridden down to Wollongong to meet me. I've taken my bags off, threw them in the car. It's cheating a bit, but it's the last 100k. Dan, mate, why'd you decide to come down and meet me on this ludicrous adventure? <laughs> I had any opportunity to have a chat and, uh, and talk about the worlds with you, so, and also help you with the headwind that we're currently facing, it's pretty nasty. We're actually riding on the course of the worlds right now. Um, later on today is going to be the team's time trial, and we're actually just getting marshaled off the course now. 7 Eleven stop, 30k to go. I've got two more members here. Chris. Hey Mitch, how you going? Good. And my brother, Kirk. Couldn't believe it. Represent Life from the Peloton kit. Yeah, mate, got the Life in the Peloton kit fresh out of the packaging this morning. Had to find my shoes. They were disappearing up in the cupboard somewhere. I think these are some shoes that you gave me one time when Scott were maybe thinking of sponsoring you and you didn't uh, end up using them, so you gave them to me. So put them on, dusted the old pedals off, attached them to your old look bike from 2005, and here I am. Well, it's going to be good. Like, that's the way to do it. Fresh out of the packet. That's the way Chippo used to do it. Kit out, fresh kit. Is that what he did? Is that what Chippo did every time? Fresh nicks every day, fresh jam. <laughs> well, we've got last 30k, I've got a pie just to get in, and then we're gonna have a chat when we get some beers into us down the clubhouse. What do you reckon, Chris? Sounds good, can't wait for a frothy. <laughs> How'd you get out here, actually? We got the train. <laughs> Slack bastards. Yeah. Chris's bike came straight from the mechanic today, picked it up at 12.30. Yeah. Got a service for this ride. Yeah, it's been a rush to get here, just for you, mate. <laughs> All right, we're rolling out, we can't stop long. All right, speak to you later on. I've got, you know, all-round all personality here, Tom Tilly. Well, I was just hanging around in Sutherland and I saw a bunch of um, guys dressed in pink roll by and I thought, hang on a minute, these guys are like my kind of people. I saw you really did come out of the woodwork. You jumped off the side, you went down a gutter, you know? You really sort of snuck into the bunch. Yeah, look, I, I should get a gravel bike if I'm going to keep that kind of stuff up, but, you know, I didn't want to get left behind. I saw the pack was moving. I'm happy you joined us. This is the real end of the mission now, and yeah. we've got some good crew here. The vibe's building for the final beers, isn't it? That's it, yeah. We've got um, Docker Senior, Kirk Docker, joining us. We're about to go up a bit of a climb. I can't wait to see him sweat out that lycra. Well, the full peloton rolls in, in the traffic. Sina, Frano, boys, we finally made it in. I'm happy because obviously it's the end of my journey, but you guys rode 95 or 100k out more or less, then 100k back with me from Wollongong. What are you guys feeling now? You're probably feeling a bit of relief too because it was getting busy in that traffic at the end there, wasn't it? Yeah, very busy, uh, close to peak hour, but it was just a very rewarding ride. We uh, got to meet a lot of people. Uh, got to hang out uh, in the, the SRAM uh, with the SRAM guys as well. Yeah, it was just really exciting. What do you think? Yeah, well, I mean, I thought we were meant to help tow you back to Sydney, but uh, as it turned out, I was quite useless and uh, you, <laughs> you towed me back. But I feel a bit ashamed, but at least we made it and it was good, good to share the last bit with you, actually. It was great. Oh, thanks. I really loved it. Like, uh, it was actually a big motivation for me today just to get to Wollongong. I knew you guys were going to be there. All I had to do was get there, get on your wheels, but unfortunately it still was hard through that middle section, through the forest. They're beautiful, but hard climbs. And actually the traffic, I completely underestimated that. 
Yeah. It's the long weekend, so I think everyone's going away. It was great your brother joined us, actually, and uh, that was nice. He, he, you know, he's clearly not a rider like yourself, but uh, he, he was there to support you, and you supported him, so it was, that was really nice to see, you know, the gentle hand of God tapping him along, and uh, yeah, he stuck with us, but you ditched him somewhere in the middle of nowhere. What was it? Oh, that's where he lives. He, oh, he, swung, okay, okay. he swung off yeah. to Redfern, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, cool. All right. So, we're just enjoying a few cold ones. Uh, I'm going to go home. I'm drinking a Beechworth. What are you drinking? Uh, too juicy, which is really hitting the spot, actually. And we're going to go back. I'm going to have a shower and come back down and uh, have a few more beers a bit later on. Really enjoy the moment. Yeah, uh, it was a great ride today. And um, yeah, hope you guys have a, have a great party tonight. Well, it's the morning after now. And... Uh, Thank God things didn't kick on too big last night. I was pretty bugging when we got into Rafa and a few cold beers and I was just about done. Went back home and uh, hit the hay. Just sort of been getting up this morning and just sort of recapping the trip in my own mind and just sort of give you a bit of a debrief on my thoughts of the trip so far and what it was all about. 1200k from Lansfield all the way to Sydney via Wollongong of course for the World Championships. I'm heading down to the worlds now this week to experience that what was the highlight of the trip i don't know i'm trying to think about it. i was like oh maybe it was nuji the first pub i really did love it there but then tathra i loved being at that pub as well great atmosphere there but then Orbost, it was an old pub a really rough old pub that somewhat made it good as well meeting the family there ryan and his family the people along the way i love meeting them I don't know, every part of the trip was great and that's what made it good too was the hard moments. The headwind, the hills leading into the end there in Jervis Bay. The tailwind when I needed it on the 300k day. I guess I've had this time now to sit back and just think about it all and why did I really do this trip? I've sort of explained a little bit over the trip as well. It was a little bit about a soul searching time for me just to you know get my get on the road and get some thoughts happening, also a chance to meet some different people, see my own backyard, part of Australia as well. But I think actually at the end of all this, it's probably just to inspire people out there to go get on your bike and plan a trip and go and experience it because that's what happened really. I didn't try and set any kind of crazy records or, you know, try and do fastest known time or something like that. Of course, it was still hard for me, but there was a nice level of hardness, 10 hours a day, on the bike was enough. I needed a bed at night, a shower and a cold beer, of course, and have a chat as well to some different people. So taking out of all of that, yeah, I don't know. I hope people listening to this or hearing about the trip or seeing the trip on social media can, yeah, maybe go and do their own trip and just get out on the bike and experience it. Well, the big trip to Sydney, what did you guys think? Did you come along the journey with me? Did you enjoy the people that I met? And has it somewhat inspired you to go and do something like that? Or maybe it's completely turned you off. Maybe you're thinking, I'm never doing something like that. It was a really good trip. 
honestly. And at that time on my own, I really enjoyed it. The people that I met and arriving at the finish, that sense of achievement, satisfaction and the K's in the legs. It was awesome. Some great beers drunk along the way, as you can hear too. But also, I've got to have a big shout out to all the awesome people that I met along this journey and they were guests on the podcast. Tim Ottaway, Gene, Pikey, Neil, Tom Jordan, Chris and Stu, Taz, Ryan and his family, Avi, Matilda, Lila and Lou, Kelly, Tom, Hansa Mahalia, Ben, Jay and Randy, Greg, Jamie, Murray, Shane, Kevin, Aaron, Sam and Talia, Dave, Dan, Chris, my brother Kirk, Tom Tilly, Sinner and Frano, and the whole Rafa Cycling Club who Peloton, who dragged me back to Sydney. But most importantly, my wife and my kids who allow me to go on this journey and experience this amazing trip. Thanks to everyone. It's been a great season. This will be the last Life on the Peloton episode for this year. As always, we wrap it up every year as the cycling season finishes after the World Championships and we kick off again next year right at the first race of the year at Tour Down Under. Of course, next week will be the last Talking Luff, which normally follows a Life on the Peloton episode. So hang in for that. I've got Luke Rowe, the Welsh veteran, a guy that I used to bump shoulders with in the Peloton and I caught up with him at the World Championships Great to have him on the podcast to round out this great season this year of Life in the Peloton episodes as well as the Talking Luffs. I hope you guys have enjoyed this year's season as well as having Rafa on board. Working with Rafa this year has really brought another element to the podcast, I think. I've really enjoyed having them on board, all their ideas, but also them showing me this other side of cycling that has been so long for me to understand again. I was so fixated on the racing side of things, which I had to be, which I loved at the time, but since retiring, I needed to see the full picture. And working with Rafa this year about their story, about what they're trying to achieve, I've loved it. I've really enjoyed meeting all the people along the road as well, involved with Rafa, but also everyone in the events on the other side of racing that I'm exploring at the moment. I've really enjoyed it. A huge thanks goes out to Lara, who has worked with me exclusively with Life from the Peloton to produce these episodes for you, all the ideas, the back and forth that we do together, but also the social media, all the nuts and bolts that you guys will never see to keep this podcast up and running. That's Lara. And of course, Will Jones, who has been piecing these episodes together. And I mean, these episodes, especially this episode, has had a lot of audio and he's got to whittle a way through with it and piece the storyline together to make it sound as good as it does. Will, it's been fantastic having you on the episodes this year, helping me do this as well. Life in the Peloton has loved it. And I'm sure you guys have loved hearing the work that comes out with the help of these two as well. Guys, next week I've got the Talking Luft as I said, so hang in for that. And again, thanks for listening and send in your comments. I always love hearing from you. So for Life in the Peloton, until next year, I'm Mitch Docker. Have a great time and I'll see you next season. The music in this episode was composed by Pete Shelley. Cheers, mate.